Okay, welcome to Fifteen High School. This is the what are we in podcast that talks about eighties films. Um, and we got a funny one today because we wanted to do a romantic one because today is the February the 15th and we thought we would do a nice romantic 80s film. Because of being Valentine's Day yesterday? Yes, mm. because it was Valentine's Day yesterday. And <laughs> it kind of backfired on no, us. No, it didn't backfire at all. This was my suggestion. Right. For Which maybe is a little Not concerning. really a love film, though. Well, come on. It's... it's there is love in this movie, maybe. There is love. There is lust in this movie. Yeah, and there's uh, attraction. There is attraction. Love, lust, and attraction would make you think it's a good Valentine's Day <laughs> film. But the same token, um, what film are we going to review? Fatal Attraction. Cool. 1987. 1987. Mm. Um, do you want to give a quick blurb? Well, um, I, so this film, I mean, I think a lot of... Most people from our era would have seen this movie. Once again, I saw this movie when I was a kid. Once again, I do not know what Bob and Dean were thinking. Um, so, this is not a child. No, film. no, but I saw it. <laughs> no, so, no. Um, so we see uh, Michael Douglas playing a lawyer. Uh, yes. Family man, he has a wife and a child, mm-hmm. Dan Gallagher. And he, they, uh, they live in Manhattan, but they're sort of looking to buy a house upstate New York. Whether it be Connecticut yep, they're, or they're, upstate. Well, okay. their families up there. The in-laws are up there. And so the wife goes away to look at the house for a weekend and he ends up having a dalliance, a fling. That's probably the word we're looking for. Not so much an affair, but a fling with Glenn Close character, Alex, which turns bad, I guess, because she thinks, you know, that, there's, it's going to be it's ongoing, etc. Yeah. Um, and I have a lot of thoughts about this movie and yeah. how... So why don't you think it's an affair? Because I feel that an affair is has longevity. Right. This is a fling. I mean, it's a weekend. Mm-hmm. It's not a one-night stand, but no. it goes over two days. Yes, but they act like they're in love for that weekend. Yeah, it's weird. They're sort of rolling around in the grass at Central Park, walking yeah. the dog. Walking There's, his dog. It's not just sex. The family dog. Yeah, yeah. the family dog. It's... um. And, and maybe that's where, you know, the, the, it tips over into something else for her because it sort of isn't just, yeah, like a one-night stand and then, yeah. you know. It's more than a one-night stand. It's two-night stand for one. <laughs> it's two, and two <laughs> it's days double, double that. And, yeah, all, mm. all Saturday, all Sunday. Sunday, yeah, because the wife ends up coming back on Monday. So it's, yeah. yeah. And then in Monday morning even he, he returns home. So mm. um, we should talk about who's in it first. Mm. Um Michael Douglas. Oh, I just can't stand him. He is I think an he's 80s... so gross. Well, yeah, he's very typecast in oh, that, that, oh. that male, not really fleece. Wasn't he a sex addict? Yeah, he was. Well, who, why, who, I don't, no, anyway, I don't know. He's he, gross. He got typecast as the male protagonist. Lothario. With this, you know, a sexual agenda. Basic instinct. Basic instinct. So what did we say, like Wall Street? Wall Street is in, which yeah. is different and it's iconic. Um, again, I can't remember it too much to think if it I was don't sexual. I remember it at all, to be honest. I remember saying it, but I don't remember Obviously, basic instinct in this film are the, are the two oh. bigger ones that where he may as well be playing the same character, but one's a detective and one's a lawyer. 
Mm. And then Glenn Close as um, Alex Forrest. And I quite like her, but she is scary as fuck in this movie. Like, she's really intense. And she wasn't the director, uh, the, well, the, any of them, the screenwriters, anyone's first choice. They wanted Barbara Hershey. And I can't see that actress playing this this character well. Mm-hmm. But they looked at Michelle Pfeiffer too. Even Kirstie Alley. Michelle Pfeiffer would have been good. Michelle Pfeiffer would have been good. Kirstie Alley auditioned and yeah. didn't get it. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, so they went with Glenn Close. And apparently mm-hmm. because she had been typecast as more of a, like, motherly matron. Because she's 38 mm-hmm. when they filmed it. Um, but she came in, you know with her crazy hair and crazy eyes and mm. won the, the role. Right. Um, and she's good in it. Yeah. Like, really good. I mean, she's scary. And here's the funny thing. I didn't realise she was actually pregnant. Oh, really? She didn't know, but she was actually pregnant during the filming and she was really scared because she did all the stunts, especially the ending herself, and ended up with a concussion um, from the bathtub scene. And like, Jesus. Yeah, and she had, like, infection in her eye and ear because they dumped her, like, 50 times or something crazy. Oh, my God. That's, I know. That's pretty bad. So, yeah. <laughs> Hopefully she's, she wrote a waiver first. I, I, I think she signed a waiver. That. Um, but I guess her character was very intense. And <sighs> before we get into her, the intensity of her, her character, you asked me straight up when the movie started, do I think she's attractive? And it's funny that you say you didn't find Michael Douglas attractive. Oh, dying at all. And I didn't yeah. really find Glenn Close attractive, but... It could have been 80s attraction. I think it was 80s attraction. She was very 80s. Mm. She sort of had the hair and the makeup and the fashion and the smoking. Like, it was all yeah. put together, I can see how. Because she was so different to his wife. His wife was really soft and pretty. Yeah. Um, she was very, she's very hard. Yeah, she's hard really faced. hard going close yeah. in it, you know. And I think they've obviously made her try, look hard. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, it was um, – It's you know, I was so shell-shocked after this movie. Like, mm. I was just like – it was so intense, and afterwards mm. I was just like, I need to go and have a lie down and a cup of tea. Yeah, it was <laughs> it a bit. It was so a bit. full on. Yeah. Um, even watching it, I guess you kept saying, would you do this? Would you do that? And I'm like, I thought well, I was on trial. I was like, like, oh, my God. <laughs> we didn't, you know, when I watched it as um, a kid, yeah. obviously I wasn't questioning it from my wife perspective, yeah. <laughs> but yeah. now it's, you know. Okay, I never watched this. Didn't you? In the 80s. Oh really? Yeah. But you did. You have seen this it. This is an adult film. Like, oh, absolutely. Yeah, Again, like, I, I was a child I don't in the eighties, and if I like, saw this as a child, a I'd be probably too scared of I have women rabbits. in general, um, <laughs> because of um, I guess how they portray the main character. But um, yeah, obviously it was a lot of lot of sex, a lot of full frontal nudity. It was violent too. Uh, there were some really confronting things. Um, but uh, apparently, Glenn Close was saying that she's had men come up to her for years and say, "You saved my marriage. I didn't cheat on my wife because I was afraid of the consequences." So I guess you know, inadvertently, uh, yeah. the movie had some okay, and, and that goes results. That, that ties in nicely with the themes. So so I guess the themes to me is I guess first and all cheating. Uh, infidelity, mm. uh, adultery. The consequences of it. The consequences of it. Um, what you're, what you're putting, like what you're gambling. Well, and I think it's an interesting because 1987 would have been the height of the AIDS scare, and so they obviously have unprotected sex because she falls pregnant, and there's mm. no like condom stopping in the, in, in the, yeah allegedly in the kitchen scene. Like they're just mm. like hammer and tongs at mm. it, you know. Mm. And um, so, so one of the themes they were saying was, you know, like, 
the consequences of unprotected sex, but also like the breakdown of the American family. And I'm doing that in like, you know, inverted commas, like the nuclear family. Mm -hmm. Um, Because the film initially had a different ending. They ended up reshooting the ending because the test audiences hated the original ending. Which was? Which was her killing herself. They wanted the family to enact revenge on her. Right. Because and and they and the directors came away and thought you know it was the protection of the family that they they wanted this family unit to stay intact. Mm. Um. So they ended up reshooting the ending, which apparently Glenn Close was really unhappy about because she was like, she didn't feel that her character was this murderous woman. She felt that she was sad. So to commit suicide to the soundtrack of Madame Butterfly, which they talk about that mm. opera, mm. was more fitting for the character. Right. Which makes more sense because mm. I guess the other theme is definitely mental illness. Oh, yeah. Um, and I didn't ever took anything like that away from it when I saw it as a, as a kid yeah. and even as a teenager or whatever because, frankly, the woman is mentally ill. Yeah. And I say that as not just someone who's like a third year psych student, but it's just so blindingly oh, obvious yeah, that yeah. she's not well. Yeah, the first the first know? night together she slits her wrists. Yeah, that's it. Like, and I just, I feel like, you know, from like a, like a, just a really basic glance at this film, you know, Michael Douglas's character, or oh, the victim, the poor husband that's trying, you know, and I'm like, you know what? You, there is a part of me that thinks you can't blame the poor woman for going nuts. Because he uses and abuses her and then expects mm. to walk away and go back to his family and for mm. her to fuck off, basically. Mm. And she says that to him. Mm. You know, you can't just treat me like a piece of garbage. And that's the thing. Like, mm. I feel like, you know, it would send a well person over the edge, mm. almost. But, but to do it to someone who's mentally ill, you can see how it spirals. Well, I don't know. I, I guess I'm not saying that she should do those things. No, don't no, get me wrong. No, but I guess they... They had a pact or an agreement Did before they, really? they get into it. They got into it. When what you thinking when she, they talked about being discreet? Being discreet, and then she, she, her recognizing, speaking about his marriage to her openly, mm. um, and then the discussion of she, she basically says in so many words, "Would you be interested?" Mm. And then he says, uh, "Look, it depends on you. Really, you have the ultimate decision." Which I found strange. I just find it really interesting that you took that away from it. And and it seemed like that they had a pact from the get-go. I where, didn't see it like that at all. Where she, they knew it was going to be discretion. They knew it was going to be, you know, a short stint. So you think that makes it okay? I think in his mind, and maybe that's why they played it into the family thing moving forward, is that in his mind he knew that there were two adults going into an agreement. But that doesn't make it okay. And he's fucked over two women, her yeah. and his wife, and he, a third, his daughter, if you think about it. You know, and yet he sort of comes out as the hero at the end, even though it's the wife that shoots her dead. Yeah. The moral of you the know? story is be careful what you're gambling when you're going into, like, a liaison like this, <laughs> if this makes any sense. Let's just make it clear. I don't care if... If some woman makes a pact with you, mm. it's not okay. It's not okay. It's not illegal. <laughs> Don't look at it's me okay. Like it's okay with the <laughs> court of the law. The court of the law, and right. And he is a lawyer. But the court of Merrill, no, it is well, not okay. Well, yeah. You're, you're the not court a, of marriage. You're not a lawyer right now. Um, but anyway, I guess I'm not trying to defend him in any sense, but I think and how I saw that scene play out was, are you, are you discreet because you know that I'm married? 
yes, we have there is discretion. Um, do you want to move forward with this? Understanding that I'm a married man, and she said yes. Mm. So, and again, I think that's what most people, most men, no, most people would understand that mm. conversation to move forward as meaning. But the whole point of her being mentally ill, evidently, maybe not in those first few scenes, but evidently quite soon afterwards, would obviously negate that. Yeah. Okay. Um, again, hard hard movie to watch, especially with your wife. Um, but I definitely felt that those were the underlying lying themes. And obviously, family and breaking up family. Yeah. I mean, I just, I don't know how... I just don't understand how someone could do that. And mm. just like, it was just so easy for him. Like, yeah, just, I remember you saying. Just to like, like, they're having lunch and all of a sudden they're like fucking on the kitchen counter. Yeah. Splashing water in each other's faces. Like, mm. it was just so sudden, mm. you know? Um, yeah, it, it did, yeah, it's like he didn't even hesitate. Yeah, sorry, we have a new studio, everyone. Um, I think that's thunder that I can hear. Sorry, it just sounded like thunder. the monster from Cloverfield uh, so walking down the bloody street. If it picks up in the microphones, yeah. yeah. Sorry, but <laughs> new studio, man. Yeah, man. New background sound, so hopefully you like it. Um, okay, so uh, let's talk about the location. Yeah, so we uh, see New York City, Manhattan. 1980s New York City. 1980s, yeah, I like 1980s New York. Well, in saying that, it was a little bit more rougher, 1980s. A bit more edge back then. A bit more edgy. Rudy, before Rudy Giuliani. Zero times, yeah. yeah. Um, so she, we, we sort of think they live on maybe the Upper West Side. I don't think it's the Upper East Side because it's not like a super rich apartment. It's a pretty normal apartment. I'm, I'm thinking Upper West Side. Yeah. And she lives in the meatpacking district when it was we the meatpacking district. We assume it's the meatpacking district because <laughs> Which is, no, it's all like gentrified there's now. There's cows and meat pigs dead. on hooks on the street. <laughs> yeah. Like and literally it's on the just street. like really sort so, of old loft studio apartment. I assume... Once upon a time, Manhattan was a self-sufficient island. Yeah. And yes, there's a meatpacking district. Well, it's like when we've stayed that place a couple of times in the garment district. Like there's the not many. District. There's so there a must few have been, fashion that's houses. That's where all the garments were made. Yeah. Meatpacking is where all the meat was packed. Mm. So it's not just clever names, um, but it definitely you can see the the remnants of it when Manhattan mm. was self-sufficient in that in that regard. Yeah. Kind of dirty place to live. Obviously. Yeah, it looks yeah. pretty gross, to be honest, the yeah. meatpacking district at that point. It wouldn't be like that now. Yeah, it could be trendy, um, really trendy. Oh, it'd be really, I think it is very trendy. Yeah, I think it is really trendy. But, um, and then I guess we see their beautiful American upper state Bedford right. house, yeah. don't we, um, where they move to. It's such a gorgeous house. It's yeah, like my nice. dream house. So where is it? I'm assuming it's... it's a... I don't think... It, well, he's still commuting to the city for work, so it can't be like Albany far. Yonkers or something, yeah, I think that's where we went for on the train through. Um, but, yeah, so that's, I guess, the other setting. Yeah. Know, it's kind of nice to see New York in, those, in, in the 80s. I have to say that New York 80s is probably my favourite 80s. Mm. No, sorry, era of New York. Um, yeah. It just feels different. It feels like the – I remember I had, like, a, a working woman Barbie back in the 80s, and she really? had, like, this suit and stuff, and I always imagined her, like, being in – New York, so yeah, it's just yeah. you know, like nine to five. Well, ironically, this is the first New York movie we're talking about, I think. No, well, we, we've done a lot of Chicago oh, ones, yeah, obviously. We so, to, yeah, I well, don't know, anyway, for obvious reasons. I love New York, yeah, I can't wait um, to go back again. But yeah, it was kind of cool, cool, a bit edgier back then. I think mm. there was a bit more, um, but more violence. Well, the subway would have been a bit much rougher, I think. And there's a few subway scenes, I think. Um, mm. 
and obviously traveling around Texas was still prevalent. Um, mm. But the whole meat packing district having meat yeah, <laughs> just on, on the guts, streets, literally like looking like a yeah, yeah, looking like a third world country was kind of like a little bit. A little yeah, bit. So I was like, oh, I forgot, forgot New York probably used to nice be nice like apartment this. though on the inside. Yeah, skeevy yeah. on the outside. Those elevators that were kind of oh, like yeah, half elevators, with like the weird pull down thing. Yeah. I don't like them. They make me. They just remind me of like horror movie yeah. situation. Yeah. Well, in this in this sexier movie, it was yeah, and so they, yeah, they are also in sexy movies. Yeah, they are, aren't they? <laughs> There's what's that <laughs> the movie? Is it, I think it's Class from the '80s. That again, I don't know why I was watching that movie where they have sex in the elevator. Anyway, yeah, they have sex in the elevator here too. They do have Spoiler sex in the elevator. Alert. Yeah, Spoiler they do. Um, yeah, cool. So, what makes this film eighties? Oh, this—it's everything. This is eighties about this movie. Mm. We see the ring, ring phones. A lot yeah. of the ring, ring phones. The when fashion, they meet, the hair when they meet. They're yeah, at a, they're at a bar and she's just. Yeah, and they're drinking from the shady champagne cups. Glasses, my favorite. A yeah, she's smoking inside. Inside, I'm like, smoking inside. Yeah, love smoking inside. Back in the not day, that not that I don't that. smoke anymore. Thank you very much, as yeah. a responsible parent. Yeah. Um, Dan Bob she doesn't smoke. I <laughs> but yeah, it's um, you know, like the the work with the female secretary, you know, and the buzz through the phone, no mobiles, yeah. um, the cars and everything. It's very 80s. Yeah. It's a good 80s, though. It's mm. not really a cheesy 80s, is it? No. Mm. No. Everything kind of made sense to me. Yeah. I mean, the answering machine was kind of funny. Oh, the answer, yeah. I, um, I used to hate my answering machine. And we machine. commented on the bike, the exercise bike again. Oh, yeah, with the manual the exercise manual bike. Like, you got to push always, your It's arm. always pushing every 80s film somehow. It is. We had one. Yeah. Out on the front veranda. I used to mm. love it. I used to blow air out the wheel. Right. And <laughs> she know? left him a tape to put in her she car She did. Deck. She left him a tape. Speaking of, that dialogue from that tape is based on Kirstie Alley's audition. Really? Apparently Kirstie Alley's husband had a crazy ex-girlfriend that left a similar tape and she talked about that in her audition and they ended oh, up right. using and it in the movie. Stealing it? Yeah. Or did she get likeness rights? No, I think she, they just spoke about yeah, it. Like I don't think funny. she really cared. Right. You know? How funny. I know. Which was a strange... I thought that whole scene was strange as well. Oh, it was bizarre. What did she, what did she pour on the car? What did you say it was? Sulfuric acid or it, something. Like completely burned through the engine. Yeah, maybe battery acid. Oh, man, imagine that. Yeah. So she could follow him to the new house. Is that why? Yeah, I'm, I'm guessing because she she was hanging around in the car garage mm. and then she followed him out. She followed him back, yeah. yeah. Sorry, I did see she followed him, but I didn't put two and together. Yeah, that's, that's why. The first time so she, she could get him way. into a higher car or whatever he drove. Right, um, right. Upstate. Right. Um, so... Would it fly today, this film? Yeah, I don't I don't think that there's a lot of overt sort of um, racial tones or even sexual tones. I mean, there's, uh, you know, I mean, I think if anything, we see her as like a fairly su- obviously successful career woman. Mm-hmm. Um, there's only one other woman in the meeting of the suits and, um, you know, that's kind of mm-hmm. probably... A little unrealistic now, but then maybe still realistic in some circles, like law and accounting. So I don't know, you know. Mm, no, I think it's pretty fairly <laughs> evenly split. And that's what you want to think, hopefully. <laughs> um, 
I don't know. I guess the, there's a few times they're talking about women. It's a bit, a little bit off key. Yeah, but I think sometimes probably men still say those things. There yeah. wasn't. Didn't you say there was a funny comment about the Japan in the Japanese restaurant? Oh uh, yeah, yeah. There was so something that was a bit like mm, the book. It's pretty funny. Something samurai. Yeah, sushi, samurai. Self help. Self help. Self samurai. Samurai. Stupid thing. So the context is she she's in publishing and and, and he's, he's the lawyer, lawyer for the publishers. Yeah, because the, there's some book written by a lady that slept with a politician. Who yeah. doesn't name names, but yeah, anyway. But, well. Yeah, so so that's the connection there. But they're at a book launch when they meet, mm. and the name of the book was Samurai <laughs> Self Help. I think actually and they're having a go at the guy who just, wrote it by about because he's bowing too much, and they they refer it again later on in the film. Do they? I didn't yeah. I missed yeah, you that. Yeah, missed both of those. I was like, well, they're going back to the whole you know bowing thing. Really, we we should just quickly say that I think sex is a huge theme in this movie too. Sex. Yeah, it is. You know, and I, I think like even that when they're talking about this author, like did she? Oh, she slept with all these politicians, blah blah blah. Like it's just mm-hmm. tight. And then even when like uh, he goes, they go home after that party, and mm-hmm. he obviously wants to have sex with his wife. He turns around, and the kid's in the bed. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's like mm-hmm. oh, he's not getting it because you know, mm-hmm. of which we said yes, welcome to parenthood, mm-hmm. children in the bed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, so there's that's a like a thing. Yeah, I mean, I I guessed that she was asleep. Yeah, you thought she was asleep. Like, I was like, no, nah, nah, there's a kid in the bed. Door number two, yep. the kid's in the bed. <laughs> um, yeah, I guess obviously there's a lot of sex in this film, but yeah, as a theme, whether it's um, what him not getting it or getting it. Yeah, and there may be like a little justification because suddenly it's like, wow, it's you know. Yeah. So I don't know, but yeah, no, yeah. I think I think would it fly today? I think on the whole, yeah, there wasn't, you know, like when we did weird science and there was like, mm. wow, you know, yeah, like I think. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it I just think a it's film. a good movie. Like, mm. I, I don't feel like it's a real dated movie. I think that you know you could you could watch this movie and mm. uh, like it still blew it blew me away the night. Like yeah. I was just like shit, man. Like yeah. I just it's real things, right? So, yeah. So okay, so we were kids in the eighties, so it wouldn't have made sense to be then watching this film, and probably that's the reason why I didn't watch this film in the eighties. But this is a real adult. Mm. Yeah, and I think And of that, course, we, because whatever we've been reviewing so far, we're kind of at least teenage film. Mm-hmm. This is an adult film. Yeah. Like a proper 80s adult film with proper 80s adult themes. Always. Mm. And not 80s themes, themes just, just adult themes. themes right? like now. Um, you know, we're talking about adultery and, and um, infidelity and, and, and stuff like that, um, which is hard to talk about, but it's a real problem. Now, cheating, I feel like. Is happening a lot these days. From what do you I mean? Talk. I guess. What well, in real life, like celebrities and shit. Both, really. I, I don't know. I think this era of communication where everything, you know, oh, the more available. Okay, yeah, maybe. And I, I think I spoke to you before the other day, saying, "Oh, I feel like maybe cheating is a little more prevalent because it's so much easier for people to contact maybe. other people now." Like Ashley Madison. <laughs> oh, I forgot about Ashley Madison, but yeah, that, that's an example. That's an internet example. But yeah, yeah. The whole sliding in people's DMs and, <laughs> I don't know, the Tinders <laughs> and... <laughs> yeah. And stuff like that. It's just, it's just if, if someone has a tendency or even a, um, I don't know, like a slight 
idea that maybe it's possible, then the possibility is right there. So what, you think they should watch this movie? <laughs> it's like a No, I careful. just think the theme, yeah, I mean, this is basically a fairy tale in the sense it says don't cheat because your life will yeah, be turned Yeah, yeah, that's a good point, actually. It is like a bit like a fairy tale thing yeah. in that sense. Not, not a fairy tale as in like princess fairy tale, no. but as in fairy tales have, have the moral meaning. of the story. Yeah, and blah, the moral of the story is careful what, careful you, what you do because mm. you might be in like more than you bargain for. Yeah. Like, you're, you're gambling your family and, you know, the, the livelihood of your family. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, he has no choice in the end but to come clean because, let's face it, um, like if we talk about significant – I mean, I don't really have a favourite scene in this movie, but mm. I guess for me the most significant horrifying scene in this movie mm. is probably its most favourite scene fam- – mm. famous scene, sorry, which is – the bunny boiler thing, yeah. which can we just say that that wasn't this, that word bunny mm. boiler came into the vernacular because of this film. Right. So, you know, and I think, and give more context. And can I just say, so the little girl, when they move to the country, she gets another pet. She obviously loves animals. It's a bunny. Glenn Close visits the house and mm. we'll just leave it at that bunny yeah. boiler. Yeah. And the director used a real dead rabbit Wow. from the butcher the actress who played Beth Elliott didn't know that it was real, mm. and so her reaction to opening the pot is actual horror, right. shock, okay. because it was a real dead rabbit, and she said it smelled. So when we met many moons ago, mm. you had a pet rabbit. I had two, Buffy and uh, Noopy. Right. So well, I guess a few weeks into our relationship, I one know. Of them, the they last both one died. Noopy died. died baby. One. I never actually got to meet them. No, I know. Um, so but, sad. So this would have really resonated it did, for you because I had rabbits from. I don't know back you know, then or or when you mm-hmm. watch it, if you watch it as a teenager. I think we watched it together as teenagers, maybe. Maybe, yeah. Um, but yeah, that would have been tough. It was. It it, it did affect me. Um, you don't eat rabbit, do you? Oh Christ, no. no you way. never eat a rabbit. No, I've never eaten a rabbit. Hmm. Why would I do that? No, I'm not a, a meat rabbit. fan at the best of times, and I'm certainly not like a game, gamey meat fan. Like, I wouldn't eat that or spatchcock or right. quail or anything. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I think that 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 scene is, yeah, yeah you know, it's, it's pretty hardcore. Yeah. And even the end scene, like, well, actually, what also horrified me was the scene where she takes the kid from the school. Yeah. And I don't even know how that happened because what did they pretend? Did she pretend she was... I think she must have put a wig on and pretended she was her. I don't know, but that... The like, fear... Because she like the, the person was like, oh, well, what are you doing you back took here? Her. Yeah, you took her. Yeah. Like, that's just, you know, mm. I can see how it happens mm. being a teacher, you know, pick up time is bedlam. But mm. I, as a mother watching that, I, the sheer horror mm. of knowing that someone has taken your child mm. and God knows after they've, you know... Well, that was a strange, a strange your scene because then she took her on a roller coaster. I know, and then took her back unharmed. Yeah. You know, but and asked for a hug like she yeah, was her auntie was or something like that. Yeah. So what did the little girl think? Like, who is this woman? But yeah. that is horrifying. But mm. like, can you imagine? Oh man, it just panics me. Yeah, that was pretty panicky. You know, it's probably yeah. Again, it's hard to have a favorite scene. Yeah. But I guess the scene that's most impactful to yeah, because um, they're all pretty impactful scenes mm. and they're all. You know, they kept on putting the suspense of what's going to happen. Yeah. How, how far is this going to go? Mm. Um, and is is um, Michael Douglas's character Dan? Is he going to spill the beans? Yeah, well, and he has to. And he finally has rabbit. to. But because he's he spe- held on quite well, for quite some time. You know, and I think as soon as you realise, well, actually, like 
we might be in some friggin' danger here. Mm. He came out with it to his credit, but mm. oh yeah, when someone's in your house <laughs> killing your, your pets, pets, yeah, I know. it's time to fess up. Um, but you know, I think after that, the the end scene in the bathroom is really quite sort of shocking too. And mm. I just have this thing like whenever there's a foggy mirror and they rub it down or they close the mirror vanity and there's yeah. always someone in the background. Can I just say that I still get scared sometimes looking in mirrors because it's such a thing, isn't it? You know? Yeah, I guess it is. Like, it's a, it's, it's, oh, it's a cliche horror film. Oh, it or is. suspense film. Like just yeah. Flash, you know, flash and. It's always yeah. that fear, like who the heck is going to be in the mirror behind me? Yeah. You know? Yeah, yeah. Um, is there anything else in this film that you want to kind of talk about? Um, no, I think it's. I think it gets a good. I, I would watch it. Like mm. I would say to people, go and watch it because it's a really good movie. Mm. Um, it's just full on. I think I described it as we were watching it, as in it's like watching a UFC fight. <laughs> on the set, <laughs> you're on the, like, on the, the edge, edge of your chair going, shit, what's going to happen next? I know. Because I didn't really remember it yep. completely. Like, you know, yep. um, it wasn't like one of the movies that we've talked about over and over again no, over the years. No. And it's just, you know, it's a movie that everyone's seen from our era, but, you you know, yeah. you sort of haven't, you don't really remember it. Um, it's not as good as Basic Instinct, like, in terms of, Basic Instinct. It's, it's the thing about Basic Instinct. Well, first of all, it's '92, not yeah, the '80s, but it's such a shock factor film with the vagina on show and stuff. That movie, and again, ugh, Michael Douglas and the sex. You know, like, ugh. Mm. it's just yeah. So, did you find these sex scenes sexy then? These ones, the mm. kitchen one, yeah, sure. It, mm. I think it was. Mm. You know, it it wasn't as like it didn't become sort of scary until after that did it mm. you know like too intense mm. so i think it, yeah it was the I, water I guess, was weird though when she started splashing water on him like out of the sink yeah what was that for like, <laughs> to make him oiled up and sexy i don't know but it's just like how realistic is it like banging around the kitchen like breaking glasses like i don't want to do that because i have to clean it up and mm. it's just i don't know mm. Mm. <laughs> but yeah i mean it's sexy but I don't find him sexy. He's gross. Right. Do you think he found her erratic behaviour sexy? Maybe, yeah, because it was so different to the stability of the wife. Right. And you mentioned the contrast between his Absolutely. wife and him and her. Sorry. Do you want me to go and do, like, mental things to keep you interested? I think you already do do mental things. <laughs> That's um, true. Well, I don't even know why I asked that question. <laughs> I am erratic. But whether Bloody like, hell. I, yeah. Um, and I was going to sort of maybe bring that up. Is like, are they playing into the... The um, what's the word? The stereotype that women are crazy. Yeah, definitely. And I think I think maybe that's more of a time period thing as well. Like, mm. you know, it's it's sort of like I mean, oh, the nuts of churches and nuts bitches are crazy. You yeah. know. And I guess in by the by by yeah, <laughs> the year two thousand, you know, the whole bitches be crazy thing has been flipped in its head. Like, yeah, we do be crazy, yeah, man. Yeah, that's right, man. I'm Fear us. Going. Yeah, you should. Can I just say that, like, if this happened in our marriage, she, she wouldn't be the one to fear. It'd be yeah. fucking me. That would be the scary one. Just the say. wife, you mean? The wife. The wife yeah. Yes. And how do you think the wife took it? Far too well, frankly. Yeah. She obviously she kicked him out. Mm. Um, well, he kind of left of his own accord, didn't mm. he? You know. But then she kind of had the car accident. And then let him back in. And I, look, I kind of understand it because you've got a kid and, you know, you love this person and you want, I guess you'd want to forgive them. Mm. But, I mean, the fact that he invited, almost invited this dangerous person into their lives, that's what mm. is difficult. Mm. It's not so much the cheating, it's the 
danger that like, he, you know. Why didn't you protect our family? Yeah. Not you know, only did you not protect our family, not only did but you cheat on me. Ones, yeah, you're the catalyst for this happening. For this mental person coming in and killing our pets and kidnapping our children. Yeah, you know, and then she kind of just took him back at the end. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it would be a lot to come back from mm. after someone's tried to kill you in the bathroom, and uh, you know, um, <laughs> that was that was definitely thunder. That was thunder, <laughs> right as the time Meryl said, "Killing in the bathroom." Okay, so what do you give this movie out of ten? Oh, look, I, f- I feel like it's a seven out of ten movie. Mm. I think um, you know, it's it's a real it's a good solid film. Mm. Um, it's probably not one of my favourite 80s movies, but it deserves no. respect, deserves to be mm. held up and said it's it's a classic 80s film. It's mm. a very famous film. It did really well. Mm. In fact, the only film that did better than it in 1987 was Three Men and a Baby. It's a great film. It is a good film. I mm. do love that. And that's surprising because this is a very adult film. So most films that go well is, is kids can go see. So favourite ones can take. Yeah, this is not. This is, uh, I guess, adult. I wouldn't say it was an R-rated film. No, I don't think it probably was. I think it was. Maybe in America it might have been. Yeah, because that's seventeen. Seventeen, yeah. Um, But but, it would be like an MA in today's standard. Yeah. If MA is still around. I think it is. Yeah. Um, But kids aren't seeing this film. Well, I saw it. Kids that aren't Meryl aren't seeing this film. <laughs> Maybe that explains my erratic adult <laughs> behaviour. The movies that I watched as a child. Yes. Um, uh, six and a half for me. Like, yeah. It wasn't, yeah, it's not like... It's very short, isn't it? Well, it's like a little bit. Yeah, but maybe it's just a little, it feels short because it's so full on. Yeah. You know, it's, be, it's almost like being on a roller coaster. It's yeah. like... Oof, and maybe that's like, why know? the roller coaster scene. Yeah, maybe because it was a real roller coaster ride yeah. for them and for the audience. Yeah, a knife's edge type of movie. Um, but it did, yeah, there were a couple of places where it dragged. I do agree with that. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, you know, they're, they're acting strong, I think. I mean... Douglas is, you know, I mean, he, yeah, he's a good actor despite my personal feelings towards him. Yeah. Um, They did what, they both did what was required of those roles. Oh, she was great. She she played that role, you know, not so, so well. She was just really scary. Mm. Like she just, when she comes with the knife, like, fuck, you know. So flailing um, around. That's how Valentine's Day movie people. Yes. Fatal attraction. Did you enjoy Valentine's Day? I did. We had a lovely Valentine's Day. I got a very special message from one of my favourite actors from American Horror Story 1984, Zach Villa. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Um, So that was very nice. She shouted out before on another podcast. Yeah. Oh, man, it's so good. And him playing Richard Ramirez, I find – well, yeah. Richard Ramirez himself, the serial killer – Probably I don't find that attractive, but Zach Filler's Richard Ramirez, I do. You know. So, yes. Did you have a good Valentine's Day? I did. You know, we don't get to go out very much. Uh, mm. We had our first Valentine's yes. Day night out for the long time. Oh, I, I don't even know. It was probably since yeah. our eldest was you born. Know, I'm not even a massive Valentine's Day fan. I'm just a fan of going out. <laughs> okay. <laughs> just having a date with my wife. Yeah. Uh, which doesn't get to happen. And we've got a new so. car. And we've got a new car. It's electric blue. It's electric blue. Um, okay, people, we're wrapping up. So thank you so much for listening. Um, please, 
you know, click, like, subscribe, share mm-hmm. the podcast. Yeah. Uh, show us some love. Yes. I don't know if we'll do a, a picture on this one on Instagram. I think I, I think I've got a big knife and a toy rabbit that I can break out for this one. There are a few rabbits that the kids have which we'll, we can be happy to sacrifice. Miffy, yeah, maybe a Miffy. Maybe Bunny. Bunny. <laughs> <laughs> And, yeah, if you want to talk to us, have, have any requests or movies you want us to review, uh, hit us up on Instagram at The Peaked Pod. Mm-hmm. And what's our email address, Meryl? Uh, the Peaked Pod. Is that right? Or is it peaked in high school at hotmail.com? I think it's peaked in high school. At hotmail.com. Yeah. Um, so hit us up there. All right, then. Bye. Bye. Peace. So say goodnight to the bad guy. Yeah, I got a question. Does Barry Manilow know that you raid his wardrobe?